Hi, this is Derek Karp, the founder and chairman of CSA and the host of the CSA podcast show. And I've got another great guest, uh, a name that many of you will uh, will recognize uh, as he has been dedicated to control system security now for quite some time, and is quite passionate about it. Uh, I have Anton Chapulin, who is now the industrial cybersecurity evangelist at Nozomi Networks uh, out of Dubai. And so we'll talk about how he ended up uh, there as we get through his career journey. But uh, if you don't know it, Anton is uh, beyond being an enthusiast, uh, enthusiastic supporter for our space. He is also a husband and a father and a sport enthusiast. Uh, he's a runner. He's a cyclist. He's a speaker. Uh, and he's uh, a very inquisitive person, always digging deeper and looking for more information and liking to connect and network people uh, all over the world on the topic of security and cybersecurity for control systems, especially. Welcome to the show, Anton. Thank you, Derek. Thank for, for thank you for having me. It's a big pleasure to be on your uh, great podcast. I'm a big fan of. I always follow that. I add all the episodes to one my of my community initiative to be Rysec community podcast playlist. Uh, so thank you. And I I noticed that uh, you, you started doing that almost right away, and I was always so grateful of that. And so I'm glad things have, uh, have come full circle and, and we get to do this show together. And I've been aware of you and, and some of your evangelism, you know, which I think is a term that you use somewhere. And, and uh, I've used that for years for myself as well. There's something to be said for that. So sometimes you're standing on the street corner and it's like, is anybody even listening? But I'm going to keep talking. It's important. So I know that's part of your, part of your DNA, too. Yeah, that, that's that's great to, you know, to have like minded people like ourselves uh, close to us. Yeah. Thank you. So I'm excited about having you on the show for lots of reasons. And one, of course, is also that you are an international uh, member of uh, our community. And, you know, these are so far, these are great stories about people's career paths. And, um, and I think it's it behooves us to have more people from as many different backgrounds as we can to just find out what their journey was like. And so um, it'll be interesting to, to talk about yours. And you're in, now in a whole other country now uh, again. Uh, and so you, you know, and you've been involved with things in Spain, and so I think you're 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 very international in in how you've always uh, you've sort of been organized. But let's sort of unpack that a little bit. I think you know because I know you know the show. I always, uh, you know, joke that uh, cybersecurity people are modern day superheroes and all have a backstory. And so where 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 does Anton come from? Where did you come from? Well, first of all, I I was born in Kazakhstan. I lived there uh, when I was a kid, and then we moved with my parents to Russia to south part of Russia, then every five, ten years we changed the, the places and uh, from south of Russia to central part of Russia and then finally I moved to Moscow and uh, you know I have this uh, nomad DNA in, in, <laughs> inside me so I, I like uh, learning new places, learning new cultures, connecting with new people. Now you know my journey is, uh, is continuing and now I moved to Dubai to you know to this great place to to, to keep doing what I what I, what I do. Let's, so let's go back to then those early years you know where is your interest in uh, technology? How early does that start in your life? Well, that's that's interesting because I was carried away with technologies, with uh, computers. When I uh, when I was like eight or nine year, my parents bought to me uh, my first PC. It was very very old Russian uh, Russian made PC, and I find out the magic of programming on the basic uh, programming language. It was you know like magic for me. You can make the machine uh, do. Uh, 
do math for you. So not like using uh, like a calculator. You can use the you can create the program yourself. It was like wow, it's it's a real power. <laughs> you can make it. it. Yeah. So that's that's uh, I and I, I decided. Well, I want to be uh, not IT person. I want to be uh, developer. That I was uh, thinking it's called. So I didn't think and didn't didn't know anything about cybersecurity at that time. Just programming and all this magic of automation automatization so this was my first time with technology uh okay so after that early exposure to uh you know to computers and to programming and interest in technology uh what did you choose to pursue uh after you know for for degree work yeah the, the thing is so uh i fall in love, fell in love with the computers and after my uh, school i decided to go to university and i was thinking about choosing the speci speciality and the I have some options between the, just uh, the uh, networks and uh, ICT, and I saw this cybersecurity. And cybersecurity sound for me like you know something very intriguing, some about hackers and some something something like that. And I decided, wow, it's very you know it's it's a romantic. It's like uh, I said, why not? Let's let's not just learn uh, automation stuff, let's do the security. And that that, that was uh, the decision uh, to move to the cybersecurity. And I, I, uh, since then, I always follow the cybersecurity from university and my work. Yeah, when I was reviewing your, your sort of professor history getting ready for the show, um, I realized that that's been true for you. There's a bunch of people in our industry that sometimes come from different uh, backgrounds and then cybersecurity sort of intersects with their background. But you were cybersecurity right out of the gate and have been ever since. Um, and I know we'll get to it, but even industrial becomes comes pretty early as well. You you begin to pick up or show interest in that. Uh, what do you, what do you do first after you get that? Uh, you graduate from university with uh, your first degree. What where do you go from there? Uh, after my university, I started work. Well, I worked for some small places like the research uh, organizations in Russia. Uh, the thing is, when I started working, lots of my uh, teammates from the university, full of students, they started doing some uh, random job. They didn't decide. They didn't decide to follow cybersecurity. The couple of us just uh, decided to stay on this path, and uh, I started working for some. Uh, research organization. I worked a little bit for some uh, bank in Russia, and then finally I moved. When I moved to Moscow, I started work for very interesting organization, a service company, system integrator, which is called Croc, like Crocodile Incorporation. And this is was this is actually the organization where I learn more than even in university because I. I used to do lots of uh, different activities in cybersecurity. I did engineering, I did uh, penetration testing, auditing, consulting, like project management uh, in different areas and different technologies in cyber, in endpoint protection, network protection, and, and so troubleshooting. So it's a real, real, real life school of cybersecurity. This was uh, my first and the most important uh, career uh, success. I, I don't want to assume anything. It was it, you know, here we've never had enough people certified and, you know, or, or I don't want to certify. We've never had enough cybersecurity professionals. There's always been a gap and we still have a big gap. And so finding, you know, with that kind of background, finding positions, um, there, there's a lot of them to be found here in the United States and in other parts of the world. What, what was the situation like in, in Russia? 
Well, yeah, at that time it was not very uh, not very popular profession. Not very not not many people. There are not many people at that time. But you see that uh, since years the uh, the dependence of uh, businesses and organizations on information technologies uh, grew. And uh, many, many, the, the ITs became an important part of uh, business and the, the, unfortunately, geopolitical tension grew as well. So uh, the attention to cybersecurity job uh, getting, uh, got more and more popular. And now today, is it, would it be similar to this here? There's, just, there's not enough people to fill the positions that, are, that exist? Yes, there is still a shortage like uh, everywhere in the, uh, in the world. Yeah, it's I, 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 my own assessment is that the global condition, and uh, so just it's it been be interesting to sort of ask you some of those, confirm some of those assumptions about your your regions of the world. Um, sure. and, uh, so at Croc, I think uh, OT cybersecurity comes becomes somehow becomes part of your 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 journey, and I think you know has never really left you. Well, yeah, Croc is a, a more IT system integrator, but it's so big that they have. Uh, their IT cybersecurity service uh, department, uh, which I was part, which I was a member of, and there I learned how to, you know, do real things in cybersecurity, how to uh, design cybersecurity solutions, how to implement them, troubleshoot, and then finally I like like my career developed. I decided to move to more the uh, management area, to project management, so creating more, getting more responsibility for project. And I decided to move to project industrial cybersecurity project management. I um, decided to get additional education on project management. And there in Croc, I when we when we uh, were thinking about future uh, security service developments, uh, I decided to start learning and researching the critical infrastructure in industrial cybersecurity industrial cybersecurity topic and then i fell uh, in love with uh, the ics cybersecurity uh, the, that time on uh, in russian sources there were, uh, there was no information on this topic and uh, i was you know very uh, hungry for that information, I start following and, and actually following and developing my English uh, speaking skills, uh, learning new resources in, in, in English. And that time already, uh, already um, there, there was there were many sources. There were many uh, good resources. Like I start following Dale Peterson, Digital Bond resources, and some others. So it was great, uh, great resources and very respected. Yeah, and since then I decided to stay in industrial cybersecurity, and I'm still here. Yeah, and not just... 2010, by the way. Yeah, the, the interesting thing, I decided to start the industrial cybersecurity maybe a month or two before Stuxnet happened. So and then Stuxnet uh, changed everything <laughs> in, the, in, the, in this industry. So yeah, ever since then, uh, everything you have been focused on, both professionally, full-time, but also a lot of your volunteer stuff, it's all related to that. Uh, yes. After you left Croc, where, where did you go next? Yeah, I, since I worked in Croc as a general cybersecurity project manager, I had to do lots of different projects, and not only with industrial automation, but also like personal data, private data, and some other stuff but I wanted to concentrate more on this topic but 
since that topic was not main focus for the company, I started looking for uh, other companies who who close to me and ha who focused on the topic. And uh, I decided to move. I found that I decided to move to Kaspersky. Uh, Kaspersky, uh, the Russian uh, uh, cybersecurity company. That time they uh, decided to start and develop the topic of industrial cybersecurity with their products and services. And where uh, they, uh, I landed as the global pre-sales uh, manager, uh, I landed in the uh, in Moscow. But logically, uh, I was in the HQ organization responsible for developing the products uh, and helping our uh, regional uh, teams globally. So uh, it was a global role. It's somewhere during I think during that time period you started the RU's Gatasec. Can you talk a little bit about that? And that was one really interesting to me because it's it's community and, that, and that's like what we are. We're a community and and so I, I'm uh, I'm curious about your your experience there. What you know one of the you're one of the co-founders of it. So you're there at the at the start of it and what what caused it to be and what is it and what does it do today? Yes, the the I, I need to start a little bit earlier. So uh, the officially the the community started like the the entity the kind of whole community in 2015, like year before I moved to Kaspersky. But the all people, all people connections, uh, the ideas to turn it into community start started like 2013 or 14. So that time I was looking for the information and I was looking for people who also in, are uh, who also interested in this topic and we need to have some place to discuss to share to you know to ask each other and we started like uh, groups on facebook first then we moved in in 2015 we created the uh, telegram group that time it was a great uh, platform because you you know everyone in russia that time has the telegram in their pocket and you, it's much easier to uh, create community and involve people. Uh, you know, if they're already in this messenger, it's much easier to get them to get involved in the community. So we uh, collected them. We started. I did lots of research, and I needed that time opportunity to share uh, the information I found. I need. I, I wanted to deliver to, to the people, like to learn, to teach them, to ask th their feedback on that. So. And I was an active member. I was an active author of the community, and more people uh, that time uh, got together. And so we, uh, and finally, we are organized that full-fledged community. And that, and that, how many people are you know? What, what? How would you characterize where that is today? What's, what's going on with it today? Interesting, because uh, literally, it's like almost. 3,000 people in the community, but um, the most active, active part, like people say um, in community management, that usually uh, the, the the real community is 10% of official official uh, yeah. figures. Like uh, maybe, but I, on statistics of Telegram, I see it's like 1,000 people actively reading, and like 100 of them or 300. 300 like 10 percent i writing writing something discussing sharing information so yeah this is quite big community well i think this is a good thing to to go to one of my sort of my questions uh, for advice giving that you can give 
you talked about having this appetite, but there wasn't a lot of available information or not in Russian. And it's like, okay, I'm going to have to go get this information. So what advice do you have, especially for our international participants who maybe depending on where they are in the world in a similar boat, where like, I don't, I don't have a lot of information here where they live available to them, but this is an area they'd like to professionally develop it, develop, you know, where do they find that information? You know, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, plugging into groups like yours is the key, is key obviously. And that what I would, would assume is in Russian uh, language. Yeah, mostly it was in Russian, but since the lots of sources and great in, uh, great resources were in English, we share it uh, as it is, and uh, so and that that resources in that single uh, place to discuss it uh, attracted lots of uh, international audience from uh, other countries, from English speaking, from Spanish speaking world. So people. Uh, like at that time, I also developed my Twitter account, but for, um, you know, uh, and Telegram in parallel. So people try to, you know, people always try to follow good uh, source of information. And I did that. I, I aggregated that in one place and that uh, attracted people. So is that, would that be, you know, going back, I suppose, to my multi-part question there, what advice would you give someone back earlier in, their, you know, their career path when you were saying, okay, God, I want I want some more of this information. And you cited, Dan, you know, Dale Peterson, obviously a well-known, uh, you know, source of information. Uh, where where would you recommend people go today, uh, entry-level people or people in, in, you know, no matter where they are in the world, really, I suppose, to get that information if they don't find it readily available where they're at? That's interesting. Well, uh, first of all, uh, my first, uh, the main advice for people globally, maybe it's not relevant for English speaking, but develop your English speaking skills. The English is the key for the, you know, the, the lots of resources globally. It's, an it's a language of international communications. First of all, don't, uh, you know, don't underestimate that. This is number one. Uh, the second one, uh, the second advice, uh, you know, talking about resources, um, I always try to collect the list of useful resources and uh, communities. Again, on our use Kadasek uh, main page, I contribute resources, uh, I, I contribute some useful links to uh, ICS tips and tools, uh, GitHub resource, probably you know it. So, you know, there are top 10 people to follow in the uh, in the ICS uh, community so I can recommend follow them like uh, Rob Lee like, like uh, Dale Peterson of course myself <laughs> so I try to you know provide as much I not try I try to not shit post <laughs> on Twitter so only uh, useful information so yeah yeah Okay, good, good, good advice. And then there is more available than there was 10, 10 and 15 and 20 years ago. It, it just, there's yeah, well, the, the main thing starts to, to start to be in the community, start to follow top three, top 10, and you will get more and more and more and will, it will expand your, extend your network. So, yeah, yeah, good, good advice. Um, okay, so uh, what what uh, what's what's next? Uh, although I, I, it looks like another one of your volunteer position comes up, uh, CCI. What's that yes. about? Is it, uh, also one of my uh, success uh, successes. I found out about this organiza organization uh, in my career uh, late in, uh, when I started at, at started working. Uh, 
for Kaspersky. Uh, this is a great organization. It's a, a non-profit Spain-based industrial cybersecurity center, which is responsible for uh, great, great events, for great uh, white papers and resources, trainings. And I found out about this organization and I discussed that with uh, my friend Patrick Miller uh, and he was at that time uh, and he is now um, uh, as, as a, a coordinator of CCI for the US and he told me that it's a great organization, great family, great, um, great relationship in this organization and he introduced me to the uh, to the team and I started as the uh, as a coordinator for Russia, like helping them uh, to promote their content, their great resources to Russian audience to help them uh, to understand the situation with the uh, industrial cybersecurity market in, in Russia. And I helped them with connecting connecting them with some other candidates for, for coordinators in other countries like Turkey, India, uh, Poland and many others. And so I'm still, uh, you know, a member of this organization. Uh, I, I love them, they're like family. And even because of them, I to, in 2019, 19, yeah, 2019, I decided to start learning Spanish because, uh, you know, learning languages for me always was a challenge. I always thought that, you know, I'm not capable of <laughs> learning languages and, uh, I decided to challenge myself with learning Spanish, especially now I have a friends when we can, you know, I can torture them with my uh, <laughs> big Spanish and they always happy to they having fun of my my Spanish and I'm I'm thankful uh, to them for that. So I'm not so uh, hopeless. <laughs> now I understand. But they inspired me. They and uh, the uh, Patrick uh, Miller and his uh, wife Gary, they, you know, Great guys who inspired me. Yeah, and Patrick, as you know, was on the show and uh, another yeah. favorite. Yeah, I was listening to it, yeah. yeah, the great contributor in our in our community for sure. Um, one of my, you know, I try to follow, uh, look up to him as an example. Him and uh, Dale Peterson. So one of the two people I very admire. Yeah. Yeah, for, for good reason. Talk about the power of the volunteering. I think that's something for, for people who are, um, are are getting into our space or or want to get deeper in this uh, in this segment. And so you've had, a, you know, those both of those uh, from from our use Gatasec and all your personal stuff as far as disseminating information and then CCI. What effect on your career and knowledge and professional journey has just being involved in all those things. And is that something you'd recommend people plug into that, volunteer, get involved, and it'll have Absolutely. a positive Contributing, do uh, as much as possible. Uh, and even don't don't hope you will get, the you will pay off for every your effort. But the more you do, the more you get, even, even if you, contribute you if you can get 10% of your contributing uh, contribution it, it really will help in your life in your uh, career and your relationship with people again and co contributing and volunteering help you to make your professional network and the professional network is everything because sometimes people I, I like the theory of small what is it called small net small connections so when People with uh, not very 
like not your family and close friends, but people you know, you know, you know a little bit can help you really in your life. And the more you contribute, the, the more you have this kind of connection. And finally, sometimes, you know, to help person with something, other person need to do some small thing, like connect one, two people together. This is nothing for the for this person, but it's everything for other, you know, and helping, contributing. You can make more friends, you can make, make more clients, you can make more, uh, you know, partners, everything. So people is everything. It helps to connect you with everything. Well, it's, uh, I, I think that was a great, uh, I'm so glad you shared that. That's one of the sort of the gold nuggets of, of our conversation. In every one of these interviews, there's been, you know, one or more of those. That's a powerful one. There's there's power in in helping others. And especially, and I know, I can just tell from what I know about your, your, your own journey, it's not about, you know, some of this stuff, who knows when it comes back to you in goodwill if you don't have an expectation of it being uh, tomorrow it just does though right and it can be investment like and it, you do it uh, you know not waiting for not expecting the, uh, the the feedback so but you do it yeah i like to do it i like to make people you know happier and it finally if it finally help uh, will help me so i'm, I'm happy too yeah that's that's awesome um, and then uh, in the not too uh, distant past, you have made a career change again uh, to a new company and a new part of the world. And so talk about how, how this has come about. Well, again, uh, I, I'm a you know, nomad <laughs> in, in, in my soul inside. And after six years at Kaspersky, I decided that I, I made a lot for the company and I'm I'm thankful to whole team uh, for the um, the CEO of the company Eugene Kaspersky for, for every my teammates. I made I, I got lots of uh, a great experience from the company. Uh, one of my success, I think, I created the international level conference in the in the company, which is called Kaspersky Industrial Cybersecurity Conference. Uh, before COVID time, it was international. After that, it's, uh, it became local again. Uh, many, many respected um, speakers um, would, gave talks at, at the conference, like Patrick Miller, Dale Peterson, Marty Edwards, Marina Kratafil, and many others. So it's, it's, it was a great uh, experience for me as a head of program committee. And now I decided to, you know, to, uh, uh, since Kaspersky is a general uh, cybersecurity company, they don't have the, that focus on industrial uh, topic. I decided to, to get new experience uh, uh, on the company who is the leader in the area, who is uh, concentrated, focused on, uh, on specifically with all his resources and attentions, uh, attention on industrial cybersecurity. And, um, I, I, I was, con I was considering several organizations, and the, the, uh, the, the finally I vote for uh, Nozomi uh, because I know because with my network I knew lots of people from this from this organization. I like their uh, op open-minded approach to other people. I, I, I like their diversity. I, I like the culture. Uh, well, maybe because they're based, uh, they were founded in Italy. So this uh, Italy soul and all the companies, they're very open, they're very friendly. And I, and I understand now that I, uh, I didn't uh, do a mistake. So I did the right choice. So I'm here uh, with Nozomi and 
here with Nozomi, uh, there was opportunity to start working some other place and uh, I we were discussing several uh, places in Dubai, one of, uh, so uh, we decided to stay in Dubai because Dubai is a great place, it's a very multicultural, it's great for, uh, you know, for, it's a huge uh, transfer, transfer hub, it's much easier to get all over the world from this place and it's a great opportunity for my family, for uh, learning languages, for uh, knowing other people cultures, so this is why uh, I'm in Dubai. Yeah, awesome, uh, awesome. Next, uh, next part of your journey, uh, to yeah. interview interview you in a, in a couple of years and find out how it's uh, how it's been. Uh, well, see. Yeah, I think you touched on you know, and and it's a theme that we've already you know sort of brought up, but it just it it sort of came came back to me again. The power of the network. I mean, you you mentioned that you looked at different options and you knew lots of people. You built that fabric over time of people, and so when it came time to looking for another step in your journey. You had options, choices, and people to people to instantly connect with that you knew and already trusted. Uh, that's a you know for people at maybe earlier stage of the career. That's when they got to start building that. Who knows where it ends up? You wouldn't have probably some years ago. You wouldn't have said, uh, you know, I'll be with an Italian company in Dubai. But here you are. Yeah, network networking is everything. Uh, I read a couple of books uh, some years ago, like uh, uh, Never Eat Alone. Like network is everything. So I, I, I just. Understood that time that you don't have to be, you know, it's much easier to to get to work, for example, when you know people, when you come to talk with them, not like interviewer and uh, the applicant. You you talk like a, you know, we know each other, we, we are friends. Uh, you, you you try to show yourself as 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 early as possible when when you connect with them, like helping them, showing that your real intentions. Yeah, and uh, this is one of the advice. Try to try to 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 build this network, not um, waiting something uh, in 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 return. Yeah, Anton, I've asked many guests about mentorship, uh, both giving and receiving, and this is related, I think, to some you know to part of a network, um, maybe unique relationships uh, with people. So has mentorship from receiving it or or giving it played a role in your career? Well, if I understand it correctly, so my my mentors, uh, the people who I learned a lot, uh, as I mentioned, is the the great contributor to the community, great contributors like Patrick Miller. Uh, he, I, I learned for, from him a lot, like uh, the public speaking skills. He helped me a lot with his uh, his network. The Dale Peterson, I also respect him as a great contributor to the community as a one of the builders of the community globally and uh, I try to follow their uh, their example I try to help people who ask me what to do in in the career uh, where can I find um, resources useful resources uh, since I have this information it cost me nothing to help them I always do that uh, as, as as long as I have some free uh, minutes so and yeah, I, I I think that's the right thing to do because um, we finally you know help each other. We're people, we're community. You know? Yeah, it. it uh, I think this is comes up all the time. But I think this community is very. It's made up of a lot of people who are open to that, and um, it's I think a very generous community. But people have to be not afraid to ask. And you talked about something sort of interesting. Uh, it's a little different than asking somebody for advice. And there's plenty of people who will give it. The Patrick Millers of the world are very generous. 
but you're also you sort of like a passive mentorship. You, you absorb some of their podcasts or their speeches or their talks. You're not necessarily sitting in the same room with them, but they can provide in a way advice and mentorship because you're you're sort of studying their you know studying all this the, the content that they that they produce and that they're putting out there. There's a lot of that. And, uh, you know, I hope this podcast serves as, as another, you know, example of that. So the biography channel for OT cybersecurity, there's so many of you that have been willing to share your, you know, uh, share your journeys and things that have, uh, that have you've done along the way and, and you get advice that you would give, you know, give others. And uh, all, there's a lot of it out there. But, uh, it, you know, I think it's it is interesting that so many people will respond if you ask them for advice on something in this community. They'll say yes. Yeah. The thing is, as, as I mentioned, if I, or anyways, I follow these resources, I know them, it costs me nothing to like aggregate and show it to people. People need, you know, in, in order in order to help them not to, not to do the same job. Like I was, uh, you know, for my learning capabilities, I was happy to listen lots of podcasts. And then I finally see that people always ask the, where can I find a good uh, podcast on ICS? I decided, well, I can aggregate it somewhere and they can provide it to people. It cost me nothing, you know. I, I anyway, I, I follow them, and I found the service. I aggregated it. I provided it to people. I, you know, I spread it all over the world, and now people follow that. It helps these people to learn new things. It helps producers uh, of the podcast like YouTube, you know, to to find your audience additional. So it helps companies to promote the services and products, and uh, everyone is happy. It, you know, it helps me feel, uh, you know, useful for the community. And same for other uh, resources like GitHub resources, tools. I uh, I always find something not uh, so not to put them just in favorites on my uh, browser. I found a great resource which is done by um, Tim Yardley, uh, the tips and tools for ICS. I always contribute if I find something. I, I need some place to, to store that. I use this GitHub as, as a storage and I always, if people ask, where can I find a good uh, source of these resources? This is a great resource. I also I, I use it myself, and I always recommend it. So this is kind of aggregation jobs. It uh, seems boring and stupid, but it's it's important for people, and it costs me nothing to help them. Now well, that's that's awesome, and uh, thank you for having that. Uh, you know, sort of contributes. You know, significant contributor attitude. <laughs> we we yeah, need more more of that uh, there's still a lot of work to be done and, and we've got to equip more people and uh so i think that that helps you know we got to grow this workforce and they need they need all those things you mentioned so uh looking ahead to the future what what are you excited about wow interesting future 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 well first of all um uh, i really believe in the company i started working for uh i so the company, you know, as a competitor, and now I see as an employee, I really see a great future. Uh, I, I I knew uh, and I know that the company is a technology leader, and I really see it to be the number one. Uh, it's now in the you know in the top race of companies in the area, but I see that it's the number one technology leader in in industrial cybersecurity. With those with those great people working here here with uh, their great culture, uh, you know the family uh, atmosphere here, and the 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 velocity of their uh, creating new features, uh, creating new technical capabilities of the products. I think that it, you know it's going to be great 
uh, ecosystem of uh, technologies helping lots of um, lots of demands and problems of uh, industrial uh, industrial cybersecurity clients and uh, industrial asset owners. So this is I'm really excited at that, and I have lots of my ideas that we would we uh, I, I I saw from you know researching and from uh, learning, and uh, I I know how to you know that we can turn it in, that into the product we can turn it in, into the tools and the solutions which will really help uh improve the cybersecurity posture of uh industrial asset owners this is this is what I excited and this is i think the future are there any particular technology areas or emerging areas uh we we, get, we often get this question for people in this space like talking about specialization should they learn you know should i learn all the basics but also then learn machine learning or artificial intelligence or blockchain or you know other things to be you know to be very valuable five years from now is more or less how one person phrased it uh you know they're 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 wanting to peek ahead and they don't really have the perspective to do that is there anything that you look ahead and say boy this is going to be people who know this are going to be uh in demand well I, I cannot share the whole roadmap for you <laughs> with you but uh i really think that the future is the um, in direction of uh, extended detection and response approach uh, into industrial environment, like uh, getting as much uh, telemetry and sources as possible, doing advanced analytics on the platform and doing the actionable incident response. So this is probably the future of uh, industrial cybersecurity in platform. And uh, clouds, uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, data science embedded in everything you just said. So expertise in those areas is going to be valuable. Absolutely. So this is the advanced analytics. It, it cannot it cannot be done without artificial intelligence and machine learning. Yeah, I I think that's that seems to be areas where people can whatever knowledge they can gain and uh, and add to their their knowledge set. Uh, they'll benefit from those uh, sort of those discipline areas as they're emerging quickly. All right. Well. Anton, uh, this has been uh, a, a real pleasure to have you finally on the show and talk about how you ended up uh, where you are, uh, literally and figuratively. Um, and um, thank you for you know all the years of contribution, all the aggregation, to use your word, you, you have brought a lot of things together and, and uh, created places where people can find all that stuff. This is my favorite part of the show when I borrow from a show that I always enjoyed that uh, was distributed or or recast all over the world, come inside the actor's studio. I think at one point it was 130 countries. And the longtime host, James Lipton, always ended the show with the same exact questionnaire that he borrowed from a French show called the, the Pavot Questionnaire. So if you're up for it, I'll give you the same questions that all these famous actors and actresses have answered on the stage uh, for that show. Yeah, that's fun. I, I, I would love to take it. <laughs> all right, let's do it. What is your favorite word? Uh, my favorite word is the community. Community is about people, it's about helping each other, it's about, you know, good relationship, friends, family, yeah, community. What is your least favorite word? I was thinking about that, and uh, it's more like not the word itself, but uh, but more the term and the phenomenon. I, I hate the xenophobia as, as itself. Xenophobia, you know, like when people are afraid of people with uh, from other culture, uh, so I don't like that. I hate it. I think that's a big problem in the in the, in the world. So 
and I don't like the world, the world after that. <laughs> what turns you on, either creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Uh, you know, I, the speaking publicly very inspiring me. I like uh, being on stage, and I um, understood then when the COVID started and uh, we were in lockdown. I was so sick and tired of speaking uh, to my screen. <laughs> I was so uh, hungry and I was so missing the speak on stage. And uh, after that, I understood that this is the, the, the most inspiring thing for me. Yeah, speaking publicly, sharing the information to audience. What turns you off? Probably doing some boring, tedious tasks. Uh, you know, I really hate it. I need, I cannot do that. I, I always try to automate it. You, you know, this is my, this uh, why I decided to love uh, technology because I see how. Why should I do some tedious work? Is machine can do it for me, and that's why I don't. I hate doing like tedious work in Excel. You know, <laughs> yeah. But what is your favorite curse word? Let's make it uh, like a fun answer. Uh, Stuxnet, <laughs> you know, uh, everyone mentioned that, so it's like a swearing now. Stuxnet is the curse word. What sound or noise do you love? I love uh, I love when people are laughing, and I love uh, when my wife uh, is laughing. Her laughter is, you know, it's, it's, it's like music for my ears. What sound or noise do you hate? Uh, I hate I hate when baby baby cries. You know, I had two girls, and, <laughs> and I had that experience when they were really young, very young, like uh, toddlers. Uh, it was a terrible experience. I, I hate I hate baby crying. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Probably teacher, teacher, or uh, with my love to speaking on stage, maybe actor, but. I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm a terrible actor, but I like to be on stage and I like sharing something with people, maybe teacher, and maybe I will do that later. What profession would you not like to do? Uh, probably politician, because a politician looks like a person who helps people, but many times they do the wrong decision, they have to make compromises, uh, it's terrible. Uh, there are much better ways to help people than politicians. And if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Interesting. Uh, probably would, I would love to hear like, oh, I heard something about, about you from other souls. You did some good things to people. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing uh, all of your uh, the steps and milestones of your professional journey and for all the, uh, you know, thousands and thousands of shares uh, of the variety of types of information and content you, you have done and are doing and your years of dedication to OT cybersecurity and uh, for coming on the show and, and helping spread the word about this show long before you and I talked about doing the show, you just started doing it. And I've always been appreciative of that as well. And uh, so um, it's been my real pleasure to have Anton Chapulin, Industrial Cybersecurity Evangelist of the Zomi Networks uh, on the show today. Thank you. Thank you, Derek. It was a big, big pleasure. Thank you. All right. Take care and be well.